Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome back to the Kenny and JT Show. Guardians honored in so many different ways now. What? Manager of the year, exec of the year, four gold gloves. We'll see where Jose Ramirez finishes in the AL MVP voting. Stephen Kwan was third in the rookie of the year voting. And to talk about all of this right now, let's go to the hotline and bring in the outstanding on-field TV reporter, Bally Sports Cleveland, our good buddy Andre now. What's up, Dre? What's up, Kenny? How are you guys? Hey, we're good today. We're better now that you're man, here. Why'd you JT, do it, man? Why'd you do it? Don't you know this what? guy's going to bust my chops because of Nolan Jones got dealt? <laughs> you know what? Let me let's start with that because oh, man. I'm glad you I'm glad you actually brought that up because I thought last year, and Kenny JT, you guys will get where I'm going with this. I thought last year was one of those years that should have taught a lot of us in the business about reading Baseball America, thinking how a team is going to be put together. Because, JT, I, and I made a joke to Zach Michael right through the athletic. The third day we saw Oscar Gonzalez in the major leagues, I looked at him and I said, I would spend every dime in my bank account on Oscar Gonzalez wow. before Nolan Jones. And I said, therefore, why the hell is Nolan Jones ranked higher than Oscar Gonzalez? And we went back and forth about it for a minute. And then I pulled one of our coaches, and I won't say who, but I pulled a couple uh-huh. of the coaches to the side. And I said, why the hell is Nolan Jones ranked higher than Oscar Gonzalez in all these polls. And it's a little bit like the NFL. It's a little bit like the NBA. You get drafted high. You're American. Uh, more eyes are put on you. You get ranked higher. And this isn't for me to put Nolan Jones down. I love Nolan Jones as a person. Um, I don't think his – I think his swing is too long, and I don't think he has a position. And I know there's some high-ranking baseball people that feel that way. So I think this is a good trade for the Guardians. Um, but to me, I think the thing we all have to be careful of, and what I'm really getting at is, just because you read or you see on Twitter that some guys ranked second or third, uh, your eyes have to make the test. And if your eyes can't make the test, if a guy can play or not, your team's going to struggle. And, and to go back to Oscar Gonzalez and, and Nolan Jones, you know, the, the game they won against the Yankees in the playoffs here in Cleveland, I had the best conversation with Mike Barnett, who is the assistant hitting coach, but he's also the replay guy. Um, he also wants to cuss out anybody that wants to question him on his calls because he said we should have we should have replayed something we didn't in the playoffs. That's a whole other story. Right. But he grabbed me after that. He grabbed me after that game when Oscar Gonzalez hit the game-winning hit, and he almost had tears in his eyes because he said he goes Dre. He goes back in spring training when you know it was a lockout. We didn't know when we were going to play. You know, Tito was doing his best to try to keep all the the coaches like you know entertained or. Telling them, hey, go home and go be with your kids or go go to spring break with your kids till the major league guys come. But Barnett said, he goes, but Tito made me stay there with him. And he made him go down to the minor league fields and watch minor leaguers that were on the 40-man roster. And Mike Barnett said that night, he goes, and I'll be damned. He goes, the first hitter we watched was some kid named Oscar Gonzalez. And all our reports said he was wild. We couldn't control him. Uh, you know, he swung at everything. And he goes, Dre, he got down two strikes. And he flipped the ball to right field and, and drove in a run. The first at bat we saw. And he goes, and I looked at Tito, and he said, he's better than what those reports have been telling us. And he mm. said, Brennan, Will Brennan was a guy up like three guys after him. They never had heard anything about Will Brennan. And they watched him having at bat. 
and he had a he stroked the ball to right field. And Tito and Mike Barnett walked away from that field after about four innings. And Tito said to Mike Barnett, write those two names down, remember those two names, and look what happened this season because they saw them way back on, I don't know, March 1st, <laughs> you know, whatever the date was. But they marked down themselves. Not that they don't trust their scouts, not that they don't trust um, the upper management, but those two saw those two players with their own eyes. And because of that, they became contributors on a playoff team. Dre, do they make a move like that and make a trade because they have to get down to a 40-man roster by 6 p.m. last night? Better to trade Nolan Jones and maybe designate some of these other guys because they don't want to just give them away for free in a Rule 5 draft? Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, you know, let's be honest. This, this organization does, does pretty well, but they're not perfect. And you look better when you make a trade than when you just cut a guy okay. because you've put your – you know, some guy in their organization stood on the table and said, take Nolan Jones in the second round. Uh, now, is it that person's fault that Nolan Jones didn't become what they thought he would? No, but yes. What you're saying is they would much rather trade him. They would much rather get a look at somebody than just cut him and say the hell with you. Now, if you're a bad apple and a guy that's just a pain in the ass, they'll cut him. But Nolan is not that. And I think Nolan realizes he's got to do some things with his swing um, to figure it out in the big leagues cause, or else he won't have a career very long. There's one thing uh, I tell JT this all the time. I, I can question the Dolans about how much money they spend in everything. That's fair. But the one thing I can't question is uh, the front office, executive of the year, Chris Antonetti, uh, Cherney as the GM, and Matt Foreman, uh, the assistant yeah. GM. Those guys are able to look at other teams' prospects, uh, Dre, and go, yep. you know what, okay, they, they may not like him or he may not be doing well there, but we think we see something they don't or we can make him a better pitcher or a better hitter, and that's why I don't question their trades now when they make deals like this because they had great success in acquiring other teams' talent. Yeah, no, Kenny, I think I wholeheartedly agree with you, and and I'll say this, and I'm not trying to break break news or anything, but – I think this is a key offseason for exactly what you just said. They're going to have to do some more. Um, I won't be surprised that they're going to, you know, they're going to have to move at some point in the next six months. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do up the middle. Um, right. And I know it's, and it's a fun conversation, I think. Uh, but they may end up moving or trading someone that is a, is a guy that can play. Hell, Nolan Jones might play 140 games for Colorado this year. I hope he does. Uh, and I think this is the, the different part of building an organization the way they have, Kenny. Obviously, you know, I had Matt Cotero, who's now the manager of the uh, Royals. He was formerly with the Indians back. He was, he was with us in 16 and 17. He was with the Rays this year. And before we were playing the Rays in the playoffs, I was joking with him. And I go, you know, we were talking about the players that the Rays had, that you were former Guardians. And I said, you know, I go, earlier this year, I was talking to one of the Yankee scouts. And the Yankee scout said to me, if the, if the Cleveland calls or Tampa calls for one of your guys in the minors, hang up. He <laughs> told me. If the Guardians, and he goes, that meant the scout from the Yankees basically told me. If the Guardians want somebody in our, in, in our minor league system, that means we better go watch him and look at him because they know something we don't. Yep. So that's a warning even flag. The Yankees, even the Yankees think exactly how you think when it comes to what the, the Guardians do in their system and the Rays, to be honest. And they Tito have to. Me, yes, Tito has told me. He has told Cherney, don't make trades with the Rays. Like, I know this for a fact. It's a running joke amongst us, but the joke is real. If the Rays call for one of our pitchers in the minors, Tito has told them, cut them off, hang up, we're not doing it, because they see something we don't. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. And it's a badge of honor, right, uh, in a weird way like that. And because they don't spend the money on big free agents, they have to be able to find those diamonds in the rough and bring them over here in a trade that uh, looks, you know, you know, goes under the radar. Nobody pays attention yep. to it until, uh, you know, you're into game 140 and these kids are up there playing and helping the team uh, win games, win a division, and, and get in the playoffs. Andre Nott, our guest here, outstanding uh, Guardians on-field TV reporter. Follow him on Twitter, at Dre Nott. All right, let's go to Tito, though. As much as we want to give credit to that front office and to some of the players that stepped up this year, uh, Dre, 10 years ago, the best signing the Dolans ever made. Somehow, some way, they convinced Terry Francona to come be the manager of the Cleveland Indians then, now the Guardians. And in 10 years, he's won AL Manager of the Year three times, including this year, and very deserved this year. Your thoughts on that? Culture. Um, it goes back to the comment you made about the Dolans. I agree with you. I wish they spent more money. I think we all did it, do at times. But the culture that they cultivated uh, going all the way back, heck, 12, 13 years ago, when Tito was first released from his job with the Boston Red Sox, he came here to Cleveland. Um, he didn't want out of baseball. He didn't want to. Ma- he didn't know what the heck he wanted to do. But he came here with Mark Shapiro and those guys, and they kind of just gave him a couple assignments. And he saw how the Cleveland, at the time, Indians did things. And he saw how they had a respect for each other. And it's basically one of you know. And let's be honest. Um, and I don't want to shortchange anybody, but the Dolans kind of the, the Cleveland itself kind of fell into a perfect spot with maybe one of the best managers of the last 50 years in baseball uh, because his dad formerly played here, uh, because it's not far from where he, he was born and raised in Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh. He wasn't born there, but he was basically, you know, brought up in Pennsylvania, not that far from here, about two and a half, three hours. This is home away from home for him. And because he can walk to the casino, or when he can walk, <laughs> because he can scooter or walk over to the casino and there's not cameras all over him, uh, because right. he can just be himself, you know, some of the coolest stories are, you know, how many people, you know, take pictures of him on that dang scooter, you know, going over to his apartment. Um, the simpler life works for Terry Francona. Um, and, and, you know, he, I got to be honest, and, and this is a God honest truth. The beautiful thing about Terry Francona for me personally is that not only has he helped Jose Ramirez become an MVP candidate year in and year out, um, but he's helped a guy like me become and he would laugh at this because he would tell me he was terrible as a as a husband and as a father. And I'm not belittling that, but right. he has made me a better man, a better husband, a better a better father because he's taught he's taught all of us. I think as a group, when you've been around him for ten years, um, he simplifies life. Kenny JT, he really does. He simply like his rules are so simple, like for his team. And he says it in the first day of camp, and he like you know whatever else he's saying, the rules are simple. Be on time. Respect the game and respect your teammates. And he's like, as long as you do that, you can have red hair. You can play the worst music. You can, you know, you can, you can mess with each other till you're blue in the face. And at, for when he first said that, I remember his first year, you know, it was kind of like, eh. And then we had, and I can't say every player's name, but there was, there was early on when they had that young group of Brantley and Kipnis and Jan Gomes and Corey Kluber who had came over in a trade and we had no idea what, what he, who he was at the time. And there was a player that got signed here that just didn't fit in the clubhouse. And a player went into Tito's office, a younger player out of that group that I just named, and they went into Tito's office and they said, this guy is a bleepity bleep. We can't stand him. Well, you've got to do something. And Tito looked at him and said, well, it's your clubhouse. If you have oh. a problem with this person or this player, you take your ass in there and you tell him, are you fighting? He goes, I won't break it up. We won't have a problem. He goes, but that's your clubhouse, not my clubhouse. 
You figure it out. And the player was stunned. He didn't know what to do. He walked back out of his office <laughs> and he kind of said, okay. And that person, hell, I'll say it, Nick Swisher. <laughs> and this team truly took off after they traded away Nick Swisher. Okay. But it comes from communication and open communication and open lines of being able to say, this is who we want to be. If you go, and I tell that story because, to me, that's how Tito has helped build the culture of what they're still doing nine years later after the Swisher situation went down. The team had its best interest to go get him. They spent money, how mm-hmm. Kenny and I are yelling and screaming they need to do. And then once the players saw how we fit in, they were like, this doesn't fit us. He's not us. And when they traded him back, I want to say August 2nd or August 3rd of 2014 – for 2015, they had a group of guys that came together. Kipnis, like the names I said, Brantley, they all came together, and they kind of wrote the six kind of commandments of what a Cleveland Indian would be. And that's what they still roll with all the way through today. And Tito brought wow. that along with, guys don't like him? Go tell him what, who you guys are, what you want to be. And I think he made it simple like that, and he put it upon the players. And now to this day, you have guys like Stephen Kwan, who knows the six commandments of being a Cleveland guardian are, and, and they don't let us know them all, but I know they have written out. They keep it amongst themselves of if we're going to be a team in Cleveland, this is what we're going to stand by and be. No wonder Nick Swisher was on that pregame in the Yankees uniform. When you think about <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean, honestly, you, you know, and it's yeah. a respect thing, Dre, and you can respect the coach and you can respect the manager, but until they do things like that, you really, really know that you're going to, get the respect as the manager, and that team's going to follow you. You mentioned culture. Right. You mentioned chemistry. When I look at this, and I think about things like that, and I think about Kareem Hunt and the Cleveland Browns. Had they not won that game on Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals, you probably would have traded Kareem Hunt. Why? Chemistry. You kept him because you won that game. Now, not to say that they're anything similar to the Guardians, but we understand chemistry, and I think it's the same reason they keep Austin Hedges at catcher and Luke Maley. But moving forward, we have to address catcher, don't we? Yes, yes. And I think that is a difficult one. But I think, they're, look, they're going to they're gonna bring somebody in here. Um, I was told pretty strongly around, around the trade deadline that uh, the kid from Oakland, Sean, uh, Sean Murphy, was the guy that they wanted. But Oakland was asking for too much. Sean Murphy is not going to be the Oakland A's uh, catcher come 2023. They've got a, they got a kid that they just traded for from the Atlanta Braves. It's the number one prospect. They just drafted one in the first round two years ago. Sean Murphy's going to be gone. And there's three years of arbitration still on him. He fits what Cleveland does because defensively he's not far off of what Hedges was able to do here. Uh, And he hits 20 home runs a year. And imagine what 20 home runs a year from a catcher would do for this offense. It would be huge. I think, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, I don't know any names in particulars, but I won't be surprised if I see two or three or four prospects go to Oakland. And Sean Murphy come back here and be your everyday catcher yeah. until Bo Naylor is ready to be it. That's what I expect. Um, I expect it to be someone. And I know Sean Murphy's up there. As someone in the know kind of told me around the trade deadline, Cleveland wasn't going to give up the prospects they wanted then, but we won't be surprised if they give them up now uh, to go get Murphy. And, look, you you got to love what Hedges brought to the table. And, and the mailman was great as well. And maybe one of them comes back uh, because Bo Naylor does bring – some versatility to the position because he can run because he can swing the bat a little bit. You could possibly DH him. You could possibly, I don't think, I, I think they would think that would slow his growth down, but I know there's been some conversations of having three catchers. If one of them is versatile enough to fill around every, you know, if you could play a little outfield, um, if you can do a couple other things, maybe they do that. 
I mean, at some point, and I know that, and I've got some people in the organization that told me they don't think Bo Naylor is going to play another minor league game. Mm. So that doesn't sound good for Austin Hedges, but this team wouldn't be the team it was last year without Austin Hedges. So you're right. Um, but, and this is what I love about Tito. Um, Cause he trusts me guys. Like he, he's more aware of their issues and their ills than anybody else. The days where Ken is coming on or JC, where you're coming on and you're complaining about whatever you may be complaining about. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I've had Tito say it to me three or four times before everybody saw the lineup. Um, but he doesn't get that to his players. You know, he doesn't allow his players to know uh, that. And he, he was worried at the beginning of the year. Uh, here, I'll give a great story. So the day before the season starts, Underwood and I are standing with Tito in Kansas City during BP. And, you know, it's BP. There's no game. And we literally talked to him for an hour. And this is why, this is why Tito's the best. And we go through the roster and we talk about different players and things we're worried about, the two idiot, you know, TV guys. And about halfway through, he goes, if Bobby Bradley kicks a ball tomorrow, I'm going to shove my foot. <laughs> like, he, like, he just used that, he used that as an example of, we want to give this guy an opportunity. We really like him, but he hasn't really been the guy we want him to be in this spring training. Mm. And he said a couple, and then he kind of looked at Bradley Zimmer and he was just like, you know, we, we like him. He was a first round pick. He goes, but I, I don't know if my patience is high for him. 48 hours later, Bradley Zimmer got traded. <laughs> um, and then the, the Bobby Bradley situation, he kicked the ball on mm-hmm. opening day. And I remember Maddie and I both hit our cough button. We said, oh, bleep. <laughs> Here wow. we go. Yeah. Um, he knew he, – the roster they left spring training with this year, he knew that they had some issues. And he told Matt and I, late in his day, he said, guys, I have told management I'm okay with going young. He goes, but if we're going young, I have to have the hammer. And we kind of said, what do you mean by the hammer? He said, by meaning by the hammer – I get to make my lineups. I get to say who goes to minor leagues. I get to say who's playing day in and day out. We're no longer doing the young guy comes up and we, we give him 100 at-bats to find out who they are. He says, if it ain't working after 30 bats, they're sitting their ass down. Um, the, the Guardians were smart enough to give him the hammer this year, guys, as you guys saw. And the way he used that hammer and the way he motivated guys like Quan, guys like Naylor, and I, and I think that's the best example of his rules. Quan is just the perfect student, and Naylor is too. And Tito doesn't great. Naylor drives him crazy. And I bring up Naylor because we had an event for my wife's company Monday night, and it seems like Josh Naylor bats when it comes to when you're at these events, they go for so much money because everyone is intrigued by him, and we love him. And I love him. He goes up to my every time he sees my daughter. Him and my him, Josh Naylor, and my daughter, are like best friends because they have the same hair. Is what Josh tells <laughs> Right. Right. But you have, but you have the Josh Naylor who's rocking the baby, pissing off all of New York, and right. you got to almost have a security guard in Chicago with him. <laughs> and for Tito, Tito's like, "Hey man, I'm good with the emotion." He goes, "But when you start doing crap that's gonna get somebody hit with the ball, I'm not good with that." Right. Like you know, you got to find. And I think Tito was good this year, kind of. And if you realize, and if you watch, now I'm there every day, so I see it. But really, Naylor didn't do anything demonstrative after we went to Toronto last this past year. Now, I don't want to tell on anybody, or see, but I see things in Toronto. Tito was able to see his father and, and, and his mother. And Naylor, after that, was hitting home runs and quietly going into the dugout until that Yankees game. And right. he told Josh, and he's told me, he goes, I love Josh Naylor. He goes, I just don't want the rest of America and the rest of the world to think of him as some crazy man. He goes, when I think of Josh Naylor, I think of the Josh Naylor that's rubbing heads with your daughter and they're talking and they're doing each other's hair 
Or I see Josh Naylor, the guy that when we get on the plane, he knows every name of every stewardess. He thanks every stewardess. He's the nicest guy to every stewardess. He goes, well, we go to Chicago, you think we got a till of the hun with us. I think right. what, I'm, what I'm getting at with this is Tito has a great way of trying to help these young guys, you know, see, like, this is the image you're giving off. Is that really the image you want to be? But at the same time, he doesn't sit there and say, you know, you can't do this. That's why he put the helmet on the day where he got the headbutt, because it was his way of saying, <laughs> I'm not putting you down. I love right. your enthusiasm. Just don't make an ass of yourself. Dre, now that they've locked up Jose Ramirez, and he's going to be making $25, $28 million a year, however that thing breaks down, whether or not you bring in David Blitzer as a minority owner or not this offseason, in your opinion, how much would they be willing to spay, spend if they went out looking for, I won't say a high-price free agent, but how much would they be willing to spend to maybe bring another piece into this puzzle? Great question. I would hope it's up to $15 million a year for someone. I would hope. Um, I, you know, let's watch what they do with the Med Rosario situation. I think it's, I think it's so intriguing because through arbitration, he should make nine to ten million dollars. Uh, they can afford it; they don't have anything on the book. Shane Beaver is going to make nine to ten to eleven million dollars, and they claim they're not going to trade him. And he's told me he doesn't want to leave; he wants to be here. Um, so to me, JT, so that you know, if you're giving, let's just let's just say fifteen or whatever you're giving to Jose, you're giving, let's say ten to Med. And to, uh, you know, Beaver, right there, that's more than you, what you had on the roster last year. But I would think they've got to get closer to $80, $90 million this year after arbitration and getting someone. The question is, who would you be willing to give 10 to $15 million to to take a job away? I'm curious what they're going to do in center field. I think everybody loves Miles Straw. Um, but offensively, and we talked about the catcher's position, they've got to find more offense. I think we all agree. And I know left field is left field. And I think, you know, Rick Manning blew me away about Oscar Gonzalez early on because Rick Manning hates young players. And I, I shouldn't say it that way. Rick Manning just doesn't get too high on young players because he knows how hard the game is. He knows what happens with adjustments. And this is the first player in 10 years of being around Rick Manning. He saw Oscar Gonzalez for three days, and we were having dinner, and he goes, that kid's going to be a star. Wow. And I about really? spit my food. And I spit my food out, Kenny. I go, what? Wow. And I said, are you drunk? And he goes, why? I go, because I've never, I go, because I've never heard you pot say anything positive about a young player right. in three days. And he goes, Dre. He goes, he's he's waiting because, and this is a, and this is a point I was making earlier. We all read the same crap, and we all talk to the same people, and, and everything we heard about Oscar was undisciplined, and, you know, and and, and, and not refined. And I, and, I, and this is what I love about Rick, and I and I'll tell you guys, and I want people to know this. You know, Rick kind of stays away from the players nowadays. He's older. He, you know, he's in a different place in life. But this year, Stephen Kwan and Oscar Gonzalez got me to talk Rick into coming doing outfield stuff, come on the field and, and meet these guys. And Oscar Gonzalez, and I, don't, and I don't know how many people listening understand, Rick Manning was a, was a gold glove center fielder. When he saw Oscar Gonzalez run, he goes, the, the hell with all these reports. He goes, that kid is a star if the right people work with him. He loves how athletic he is. He goes, you can't teach that size and that swing. He goes, I don't care if he strikes out. And for me, when Rick Manning said that about Oscar Gonzalez, and I kind of said that to Tito and a couple of other hitting coaches, and Tito, without saying a word, looked at me and smiled and said, I like Rick Manning a lot. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is they're hoping and they think they got something pretty special in right field. I think that's what plays along with moving Nolan Jones out as quickly as they did this week. They're, they think Oscar Gonzalez has a chance to, and I don't want to say Manny Ramirez, 
but they think he has a chance to be one of the best right fielders this organization's had in the last 40 years. So yeah. where do you spend that money, JT, is what I come back to out of all this. First base. Is it center field? Is it a starting pitcher? Because I have a feeling one of the three guys from the 2016 draft, and we already said Bieber's coming back, but I don't right. know if you're going to see Savali or Plesak in the rotation this year. So maybe you go out and get another arm. I'm curious because I want them to spend the money, but my question is, where would it be if they do? Well, that's something we'll be paying close attention to in the offseason, Dre, and we always appreciate you making time for us. Congratulations to Tito, well-deserved AL Manager of the Year. Hey, have a great offseason, buddy. We'll talk again down the road, okay? You got it. Hey, can you play the three for the cast? Kenny, we need somebody that can – they don't have any <laughs> wings, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? With my hip now, I can't be any worse even with that bad hip uh, than Isaac Okoro. So, yeah, I'll give it a go, man. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate you guys. Have a great holiday season. <laughs> uh, you too. There he is. Andre not checking in with us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Back with more after this.